Nine, 60 seconds. Best recorders, high speed. Five. Open solo fuel four, vent. Open. Three, two, one, zero. Start. I would like to welcome you to a new episode of the podcast series Crossroads. I will be your host today. My name is Zuzana Ohde, and I'm a social researcher working at the Institute of Sociology of the Czech Academy of Sciences. The podcast Crossroads is created through a collaboration between ALARM and the research program Global Conflicts and Local Interactions, which is funded by the Czech Academy of Sciences. The series invites social scientists whose research addresses important topics and issues of our globalizing world. Today, I have the pleasure to invite Brigitte Ellenbacher, who is a professor of sociological theory and social analysis, the head of the Department of the Theory of Society and Social Analyses at the Johannes Kepler University of Linz in Austria, and also co-editor of Global Dialogue, the magazine of the International Sociological Association. In addition, she is a vice president of the International Karl Polanyi Society. Her fields of research include social inequalities and justice and theoretical and empirical work on labor, care, marketization, and science. She's a distinguished scholar and author of many academic publications whose work made important contributions bridging theories of contemporary capitalism, critical theory, and feminist theory. In 2019, she received the Kurt Rothschild Award for her work on Karol Polanyi. So welcome, Brigitte. Thank you very much for your kind invitation. I'm really happy to be here and to discuss. You are one of the most prominent social theoreticians working in a tradition of critical sociology. For that reason, I would like to start with a bit more theoretical question. Recently, you have extensively focused in your research on commodification and marketization of care. It is part of your long-term interest in crisis tendencies and transformations of contemporary capitalism. You work with a Polanyian framework which sees social development through a lens of double movement, marketization, and its counter-movement for protection from the market. Can you briefly explain to our listeners what it means to see care as a fictitious commodity and how does this double movement manifest in care practices? Uh, I would like to start with uh, the question, what is care and why uh, is a capitalist uh, society a structurally careless society? Because that leads me then to how I will work with uh, Polanyi. It is uh, not a short answer, but uh, if it is a too long answer, please interrupt me. So uh, first of all, for those who are not working in the field of care, I would like to explain uh, what is care. Uh, the sociology of care uh, suggests to think of human beings in terms of their neediness and dependence, which makes uh, care and care work indispensable to sustain livelihood. In such a perspective, care has to be seen as a human activity 
which responds to the always given contingency and vulnerability of life. So everybody uh, needs care every day and the life long. There is now a fundamental contradiction of the capitalist economy that let me characterize it as a structurally careless economy. The capitalist economy is based on care as a precondition of its functioning in terms of the reproduction of the species, of the commodity uh, labor power, but uh, the capitalist economy either neglects or subordinates care and care work. And there are three dimensions of this kind of what I ca uh, call a structural carelessness of capitalism. First, uh, the capitalist economy abstracts from care needs. They are ignored or neglected if they are fulfilled to the functionally necessary extent otherwise in the private household, in social networks, uh, by relatives, by the state, anywhere else. Second, this idea is uh, related to the mode of functionalizing care and care work for the capitalist economy. If children are edu educated in schools, they are not only children uh, who have to be cared, they, in this perspective, are human capital, human capital of the future. And this means functionalizing uh, other sectors for the capitalist economy. And the last and third point, and this is the point we, come, we uh, can come to the Polanyan uh, view, is the third point is uh, that we have uh, a mode of commodification and valorization uh, of care and care work, which is very remarkable. This means care provision by the capitalist economy itself takes place in the frame of capital utilization of the profit motive and some more. And it is organized by the modern and capitalist principles like competition. And it's included in the market exchange with its mechanisms of demand, of supply, of price, of costs, of profits. And in part, it's industrialized if you think about uh, the care technologies uh, like the robotics or ambient assisted living. And this means this last tendency, this last dimension is the most important in our times. We are witnessing uh, emerging care markets. We are witnessing a very vivid uh, production of care technologies. We are witnessing uh, that uh, care is more and more covered by the Andrew and Eurocentric idea of progress uh, by uh, the scientific and uh, technological development. And this is the point where I refer to Karl Polanyi. His work has been rediscovered in the post-communist phase of globalization after 1989. 
And after, in particular, after uh, the crisis of finance, uh, 2007 to 2009. I take up two concepts you already have mentioned. One is the concept of the double movement, and the other is the concept of the fictitious commodities. To analyze and to understand what is going on in the field of care and care work, in the field of this increasing commodification and marketization of care and care work. His works belongs to the modern classics, those who never have heard his name. It belongs to the uh, modern classic and uh, classics. And uh, Karl Polanyi himself witnessed the economic liberalization after the First World War. Uh, the, 1929 stock market crash, the subsequent Great Depression, the socialist and the fascist movements of the first half of the last century, as well as the New Deal in the USA, and all of them striving to reorder the society. And finally, he witnessed the Second World War. His uh, masterpiece is published in 1944, The Great Transformation, and it reconstructs the economic, cultural, and social history of capitalism in the 19th century as the result of a double movement. And uh, when we have to look uh, through the lenses uh, of Polanyi and try to understand what, hap what, has, uh, what is happening now, uh, then uh, we can see that we have uh, a similar situation of double movements. On the one hand, uh, a movement of increasing marketization, and this also includes the marketization of care and care work, in new forms, in new modes of marketization. And on the other hand, we have a lot of protest, not only in the field of care, but also in the field of care, uh, which is uh, can be uh, interpreted as a protest uh, in, the, in the form of uh, labor uh, disputes as well as uh, care protests or care struggles, struggles which can be interpreted uh, as counter movements seeking for protection against the, the dynamics of the market. So uh, I make use of uh, Polanyan arguments to understand what happens in contemporary capitalism uh, in this era of neoliberalism, starting in the 1970s and forced in the 1990s and uh, ongoing uh, until today. This is, uh, and uh, the idea uh, is uh, the Polanian idea behind is what what uh, is uh, the reason why such counter movements, such uh, struggles, labor struggles, labor disputes, care struggles develop? What's the reason behind? The reason behind in the sense of Polanyi is that uh, the liberal and neoliberal marketization of uh, what he calls fictitious commodities is destructive. Uh, fictitious commodities, uh, from his perspective, these are elements which never have been produced at all, 
or which never have been produced for sale. So from his perspectives, uh, these are labor, land and money. And uh, he writes um, uh, concerning labor in his words again. Labor is only another name for a human activity which goes with life itself, which in its turn is not produced for sale, but for entirely different reasons. Nor can that activity be detached from the rest of life, be stored or mobilized. And this is uh, the same or similar with care. Care, as I described it, uh, starting uh, this uh, um, answer, um, care as described is nothing else than uh, human activity. And it's uh, the same situation. It cannot be uh, detached from the rest of life, be stored and mobilized. So uh, if we have a kind of marketization, which is centered around the mechanisms of supply and demand, prices, costs, profits, then uh, such fictitious commodities like labor, like hair, tends to be destroyed by the market dynamics. And this is the reason why, uh, from a Polanian perspective, counter-movements evolve. Uh, People, and uh, this means uh, these are are not in a Polanian conflict, uh, in a Polanian perspective, these conflicts are not class conflicts. Conflicts. There can be class conflicts. There can be labor movements articulating their interests. But uh, there can also be other movements. And we, in the field of care, we have a lot of care protests, which cannot uh, be uh, described only as labor movements or as class conflicts. There are a lot of other conflicts anyhow. And uh, these counter movements seeking for protection are motivated by uh, the experience, the everyday life experience of the destructive uh, effects of neoliberal marketization of labor and in our case, care. And that's the reason why I I go back to this modern classic, uh, because uh, I think that uh, the idea uh, to describe and to analyze and to present history in uh, in the form of a double movement, uh, the movement of marketization, the counter movement uh, by which uh, society seeks for protection uh, from and against uh, the effects of the liberal uh, marketization and the neoliberal marketization is very helpful to understand what is uh, going on in the field of care at the moment. This does not mean that uh, other uh, theorists are not um, not important. Uh, We can uh, have a look uh, through the lenses of Karl Marx as well as Max Weber to understand what uh, is going on in the field of care and care work at the moment. We can consider care as rationalization. We can 
uh, have a look on in a Marxian perspective, uh, the exploitation in the field of care. So I, I think all these theories are very helpful and uh, are very interesting. And um, so my reference to Karl Polanyi does not mean that uh, this is the on, only uh, theorist we should consider, but uh, he is one of the most important theorists and uh, this for uh, this makes it of interest uh, to have a look through these lenses on the field of care and care work. Thank you. Thank you very much for outlining this uh, theoretical framework and um, the concept that actually uh, we can see uh, we can use in the analysis of, of the practice of, of care practices which um, actually now i would like to move to more like practical questions and practical side of your research um, in austria actually where, where you are based so austria is infamously known for the model of so-called professionalization of 24-hour live-in care work for all the people, which was introduced in 2007. In practice, what it means is that mainly women from other Central and Eastern European countries or outside EU countries work in older people's homes as self-employed care workers, which, however, exempts them from several labor rights standards, which are guaranteed in other labor market sectors in Austria, including such as minimum wage, paid overtime, required breaks, sick leave, or other social benefits. So this model is also increasingly criticized for exploiting care workers and benefiting from and reproducing international and global inequalities. On the other hand, however, it is also widely used as the most convenient and cheapest way to provide care for all the people. So can you sketch out for our listeners, how does the debate about this particular 24-hour live-in care work model in Austria look like? Who stands up uh, as its most prominent critics? Or on the other hand, who, who defends it? What does the debate mm -hmm. look like? Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, thank you very much for this uh, question. It's very interesting because uh, I'm involved in two projects uh, on live-in care and uh, also other modes of care provision. I should mention that uh, I'm I'm not uh, alone working on it. Uh, it's a collaborative uh, project, one uh, with uh, colleagues from the University of Zurich and the University of Frankfurt, uh, Helma Lutz, Eva Palenga-Möllenbeck and uh, Jenny, Jennifer Steiner and Karin Schwitter and in Austria also Veronika Prila and Michael Leibelfinger. And I think I should mention this because it's a collaborat collaborative work over years and uh, I can uh, uh, present some of the country study of Austria. Uh, and uh, I would uh, like to um, start uh, with a, a little bit uh, looking back to it, because Austria is, a, is indeed, uh, as you already has mentioned, a very interesting case with regard to the questions of decent care and decent work, because it has been become a forerunner of neoliberal marketization of live-in care uh, in Europe. And uh, 
This has been the reason for this has been uh, that Austria, uh, the government in Austria decided uh, already in 2007 to legalize this mode of care provision. And uh, after it legal, uh, after legalization, it became more and more formalized and professionalized. So we have in Austria a legal neoliberal radically neoliberal model of uh, live-in care, which is more and more formalized and professionalized. And if you want to understand what happens today, it makes sense to have a short look on the history of this model. In the early 1990s, uh, there has been an informal market for live-in care. Uh, it began uh, to establish by uh, networks, networks of the care workers, or by very few and very small brokers or brokering agencies, you could call them today. And they recruited women from neighboring Central and Eastern European countries, like uh, the Czech Republic and Slovakia, Uh, they have been very important at that time. In Austria, there is a stable, very stable until today pattern that seniors want to be cared at home. And this stable pattern of home care, home care society, uh, as Frau uh, Effinger would uh, uh, describe it, and the legalization of live-in care and the parallel orientation of the welfare state on cash for care policies converged into a flourishing market. This means uh, beginning in the, two, in the first decade of uh, the 2000, uh, we have an emerging and increasing market, a flourishing market, and this small Austria now um, has around about 1,000 brokering agencies offering their services by recruiting 60,000 carers, care workers, from now predominantly Slovakia and Romania, and placing them into 30,000 households. And there are two modes of organizing care work. This is very important. The one is the one you already mentioned. It's a very radical, market radical, neoliberal self-employment model with care workers as self-employees and entrepreneurs. They are entrepreneurs of their own workforce, if you want to describe it this way. Uh, this means uh, they, um, this self-employment model is covered minor covered by the social insurance, but it's uh, it's not covered by the labor rights in terms of law, as well as in terms of representation by uh, the trade union or by the chamber of labor. It's represented, mandatory represented by the chamber of commerce, commerce like the brokering agencies too. The other model, and this is very important, is uh, an employer and employee relation. Uh, there is a model of employment, which is a restricted model of 
employment. It is, it is strongly limited. Only the households are allowed uh, to employ the care workers or the uh, welfare organizations uh, are allowed to do so. So this means uh, there are few potential employers. And in practice, uh, the self-employment model is the dominant model. And uh, we find nearly 97% of the care workers in the self-employment model and only few percents in the employment model, but the employment model exists. And this is very important that it is, exists. Why? Because we have a lot of coming back to Polanyi, uh, Polanyian movements and counter movements in this field of live-in care. First of all, we have the brokering agencies. They play a crucial role as protagonists of the self-employment model. So they have a lot of influence on the, on the working conditions without being responsible for the working conditions. And they strive to improve the quality of care without improving the working conditions. This means that they are strong neoliberal protagonists of the self-employment model, and they are formalizing and improving uh, permanently formalizing and improving their own services. This means also the quality of care as intermediated by them, but not the working conditions. In our project, we uh, uh, called it then uh, decent uh, care without decent work. That's that's the model uh, in its core. Uh, the, the agencies promise decent care in the sense of professional care, uh, very uh, um, stable care relations, uh, uh, very helpful for uh, the relatives, uh, supportive for the carers and so on, but uh, without uh, any uh, responsibility for the working condi uh, conditions in this mode of care provision. Then we have... Uh, a very prominent and important stakeholder in the field, of course, that's the Austrian government. The Austrian government uh, is uh, part of uh, the formalization of uh, the live-in care model. And uh, the most prominent uh, aspect is uh, that the government created a quality seal, the ÖQZ24, uh, uh, it's a quality seal, uh, which certifies the quality of the brokering agency's services. And this means it goes in the same direction uh, like the brokering uh, agencies uh, go uh, in, in, in uh, to attempt to uh, improve uh, care, to attempt to improve uh, the services of the brokering agencies without uh, any uh, with any uh, without uh, taking into consideration that the working conditions are poor in uh, this mode of care provision then we have a uh, next very important stakeholder in the field. This is the Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce is the representative of the brokering agencies as well as uh, the care workers. 
uh, they ha have a man mandatory membership in the Chamber of Commerce. And the Chamber of Commerce is uh, a stakeholder with a very radical neoliberal agenda of improving the self-employment model as consultant of the brokering agencies as well as the care workers. Uh, from the uh, from the perspective of uh, the Chamber of Commerce, this is a very very uh, remar remarkable advantage. From uh, the perspective of those who are critical, this is a very remarkable disadvantage that the care workers as well as the brokering agencies are mandatory members of uh, the Chamber of Commerce and the Chamber of Commerce uh, represents their uh, interests. So then we have in the field another stakeholder, the Chamber of Labor. The Chamber of Labor uh, is... Uh, also discussing about the working conditions in these fields, but uh, the care, uh, the caregivers, the care workers are not members of the Chamber of Labor uh, because they are self-employees, and this means uh, the Chamber, the Chamber of Labor's influence is very limited. It is more or less an influence with regard to the consumer protection and uh, less with regard to the, the working conditions. And we have in the fields uh, trade unions, but uh, we have the same situation uh, like uh, the Chamber of Labor has because there's only one trade union, which is a representative of uh, so-called one-person enterprises. And uh, this is a trade union uh, which also can represent the care workers because they are one-person enterprises in the self-employment model. But uh, the trade unions, uh, uh, the other trade unions, of course, uh, represent the employees. And uh, we have uh, merely uh, employ employees in the field. So therefore, the organizations of the care workers are very important. Their, uh, their own organization uh, they have founded in the last years. There are some organizations. One is a very prominent one, uh, the IG24. Uh, it's the name. And um, she, uh, uh, this, this organization uh, has been awarded. Uh, in 2021 awarded uh, with uh, the Social Innovation Prize. And the most important uh, point is that uh, this organization is a strong representative uh, of uh, the idea to uh, reorganize the live-in care model profoundly by implementing an employer and employee relation. Uh, they are um, interested in um, substituting the self, self and replacing the self-employment model by an employment model. And this is a very interesting case because if an employment model should be possible and not restricted in the given way that uh, employment only is possible in the household or only is possible in uh, the 
welfare organizations, then this would be a fundamental change of uh, the live-in care provision in Austria because uh, the business case we have in Austria uh, builds up on uh, self-employment. Uh, the uh, brokering agencies are not allowed to employ. So this means uh, if we have such a, a discussion or perhaps in future labor struggles or care protests uh, against the self-employment model and for an employment model, this would go along with a fundamental change. Uh, this means on the one hand, uh, in Austria, we have... A, very advanced, marketized, uh, formalized, professionalized mode of care provision. And the flip side uh, is uh, the flip side of the self-employment model uh, is that it is not covered by any regulation of working conditions and everything concerning the working conditions is regulated indirectly by the agencies, but only indirectly or uh, informally in the household. And uh, this means that uh, this forerunner model uh, and it, uh, the agencies in Switzerland, the agencies in Germany uh, are protagonists uh, and try to convince their government their, go their governments to uh, take uh, the, the Austrian uh, model of self-employment as uh, a very good example for their own countries. And they, they want, they strive to uh, organize a self-employment uh, model uh, comparable to the Austrian care of uh, care provision. And this means that uh, in this neoliberal forerunner, only the um, the story of success is discussed, the story of legalization, the story of formalization, the story of professionalization, but uh, that uh, this uh, model uh, still is a very informal one in uh, terms of working condition. This is totally neglected. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for giving us sense actually of the situation in Austria. And it's also interesting how how it is presented as a success case, which might be even copied in, in other countries. And I, I would be actually interested. You mentioned the different uh, care protests, we can call it, uh, the, the also the organization of uh, care workers. So I would be actually interested if uh, if you think that um, these protests or these critical voices gained uh, momentum with the, this um, you know COVID nineteen pandemic, because uh, I think we can say that uh, the pandemic was a kind of magnifying glass that highlighted also these structural inequalities and shortcoming of the care sector with closing of borders and sudden like shortage of care workers or um, really like a debated risk of uh, an acute shortage of care workers. So I, uh, I would like to ask you if you can briefly mention if you think there are some new care protests that appeared in the aftermath uh, of, of the pandemic or if maybe 
you know, even labor unions picked up more uh, and are more active in, in these protests. So if you see any difference between and after the pandemic. To be honest, no. I don't see uh, a big difference in uh, terms of protests, in terms of counter movements, in terms of uh, labor struggles and uh, in terms of uh, trade uh, unions activities. But uh, there are indeed some changes. The interesting case is that uh, the agencies then in the later stage of the pandemic uh, went into a very strong collaboration with each other and the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, they act as professional crisis managers in collaboration with the Chamber of Commerce and tried to consolidate uh, the live-in care uh, due the, uh, uh, through the pandemic. And uh, they... Uh, uh, did a lot uh, of additional work like uh, um, inform about the pandemic rules uh, and measures of the different Austrian states. Uh, they organized testing, they organized vac uh, vaccination, uh, they uh, distributed uh, uh, personal protective equip equipment and anything else. So, And the interesting case is that we have the same pattern as we found before. They have done everything to improve their services, to make possible that uh, the service uh, workers uh, could uh, travel, that the care workers could uh, stay in Austria. But uh, they did it, uh, did it in the same way at cost of the working conditions. The care workers had to stay not two weeks or four weeks, what's the, the usual rota in living care in Austria. They had to stay for months and uh, some for six months without any additional payment. If they have uh, had any additional payment, then it has been informal uh, payment by the relatives. Or if they could not uh, make use of the transport because transport has been uh, more expensive in the pandemic or it has not been offered anymore, then uh, the relatives, uh, uh, stepped in and uh, offered transport. So uh, we had the same situation as before. Uh, the uh, broken agencies have done everything to professionalize their services uh, and to, to make uh, them uh, sure and uh, to, to guarantee them uh, through the pandemic, but at cost of the working conditions uh, and all working conditions have been negotiated in the informal uh, situation in the households again. So uh, it's it's interesting that uh, we have a very strict consolidation of live-in care through the pandemic and an increasing numbers number of uh, broken agencies and a stable number of care workers and care recipients. So uh, uh, this, uh, the this management of of this crisis from the agencies is uh, described as a, a story of success. 
Mm, it's interesting. Yeah. So probably it speaks more for the consolidation of this business model. Well, nevertheless, I uh, I still would like to ask you about uh, alternatives uh, to this model. So what could be the viable alternatives besides the employment, maybe employment model you mentioned? So we can we can argue that the cross-border care market, which uses and exploits mobile care workers as cheap labor, in fact, block uh, a societal counter movement against marketization to recall a Polanyan analysis because it makes social crisis of care less urgent in uh, wealthier countries like uh, Austria. And in this sense, like improving working conditions and increasing salaries of, of uh, those care workers would make the care deficits uh, more visible and distressing because many people or more people would not uh, be able to afford the private 24-hour live-in care. So it it would also shed a clear light on the fact that uh, this this model of aging at home based on this 24-hour live-in one-to-one care is not really sustainable. So um, what do you see as a viable alternative uh, to this model in, in the context of EU. And um, how can we actually imagine just and sustain sustainable provision of care? Um, are there any examples of a real utopia, if if I borrow Eric Olin Wright's term, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I think that is um, a very interesting uh, question and very important what you describe uh, for the future discussion about uh, care and care work and the perspective of uh, living care if uh, it can have a perspective in uh, this model. Uh, First of all, I would say uh, one problem is uh, a deficit on the level of the European uh, European Union. We have an uh, economic union and uh, it becomes more and more a political union, but we don't have a union in terms of social policy. This means that we indeed have uh, this uh, very, very uh, heavy, a very difficult uh, gap, welfare gap uh, between the countries. And uh, as uh, long as people are uh, forced and pushed to migrate, uh, we cannot uh, indeed um, um, expect that uh, this will not be uh, lead into such exploitative uh, care arrangements. Uh, We have a very uh, difficult market in uh, Austria, and uh, there is a huge discussion about this market. Uh, On the one hand, uh, there are agencies who are in the frame of uh, what is uh, the usual frame, 70 to 90 euro uh, for 24 hours, what is very few uh, money. Uh, And on the other hand, uh, we find agencies uh, brokering uh, living care for 30 euro per 24 uh, hours. And this means 
as long as we have such a gap between the countries uh, in terms of welfare, in terms of income, in terms of uh, sustainable uh, living conditions, uh, we will have such an exploitive uh, mode of care provision uh, on uh, a so-called free market. This means first of all, that uh, in Austria, there is one, only one very effective uh, measure and instrument to interfere in this market and to regulate the market. This is uh, the um, support and the funding uh, um, and assistance uh, of the government. In uh, the case that the government would decide to relate uh, the funding uh, by the cash for care policies, uh, the direct uh, support and as well as the indirect support to the conditions of care provision and working conditions. And that would be possible in the given Austrian law. It would be possible. Then you could avoid such exploitative conditions. You could uh, uh, indeed uh, restrict uh, the uh, you can in, could indeed restrict uh, the brokering agencies uh, by uh, giving them an advantage on the market if they play in a kind of fair uh, condition, fair uh, working conditions, fair uh, conditions of care provision. So uh, the state would be a very, very important actor in this play. But uh, at the moment, I don't see that uh, the state's initiatives uh, go in this direction. Another point is, uh, and this is very important, uh, there is no need that um, the brokering of uh, live-in care is uh, totally in the hands of the private sector. Uh, there are some few initiatives uh, model in one of the Austrian countries in Vorarlberg, uh, where uh, the public sector is acting uh, as broker. And this means that they uh, don't uh, make profit uh, and uh, uh, from uh, the brokering. Uh, it's a non-profit organization in this case. And this uh, means that um, they are more flexible and uh, they don't uh, meet intermediate uh, only the live-in care model. They also uh, intermediate uh, if people wants to have a mobile service, if people wants to have some hours, but not 24 hours. And this means uh, that there is more flexibility than in the one-to-one -one, uh, live-in care. And uh, it um, could be an idea to uh, extend such services on this market. That's, that's the second point. The third point is uh, that you... Uh, that uh, difficulty is uh, the self-employment model. On the one hand, uh, the uh, care workers organization uh, say it should be forbidden 
of course, but uh, it exists. And uh, this means uh, you have to reorganize it in a way uh, which make it, makes it more sustainable for the care workers as well as for uh, the care recipients. But the difficulty of this model is that uh, you have no access to uh, the regulation of the working uh, conditions. That's impossible in this model. Um, without a very fundamental uh, um, re-regulation of uh, the law. And I don't see that uh, we can expect that uh, in near future, perhaps in the, in the long run. And uh, there are some other um, initiatives. I'm working uh, together with uh, two colleagues, uh, Florian Pimminger and Valentin Fröhlich and my colleague Andreas Novi uh, in a common project on caring communities and compared to the live-in-care model. And uh, this is interesting that in Austria, uh, now a, a wider discussion on caring communities has been started. This means uh, neighborhood net networks uh, supported by professional services, by mobile services. And it's the first time in uh, the history of this uh, senior home care in Austria that the government also um, is supportive to such initiatives. So uh, I expect that uh, we will have uh, a lot of good examples in the next few years um, in terms of caring communities, but uh, there are two obstacles. One is uh, usually these are local initiatives, and this does not uh, resolve the problem of migration, of labor migration. These are not the employers for those migrant care workers who are now in the self-employment model, uh, because it, they are recruiting their Uh, the workforce for uh, these uh, uh, caring communities because it's it's strongly interconnected in uh, this neighborhood network and uh, this would not resolve the problem uh, of those care workers who are now living in uh, live in care but it would be open the perspective to include live in care in new ways in the neighborhood Uh, uh, networks. What means that it could indeed improve the situation of care workers in the living care model if there are more uh, mobile services or other services who can be uh, who can complement the living care model. What also would make the uh, make possible that living care uh, workers can have other. Um, breaks other uh, forms of time management, that they can leave uh, the household, uh, that they can be supported by such a network. So I, I would expect that uh, there are fluid uh, models uh, to include living care, uh, but indeed the, the basis of the caring communities is another one. And um, From Austria, we have to look to Germany in this case, uh, looking for the alternatives, because in Germany there is uh, advanced discussion in the meantime about uh, senior home care. 
and uh, the live-in care model. And uh, in Germany, there are uh, also researchers, but also a uh, lot of groups uh, from uh, different fields of practice, uh, the trade unions, as well as uh, care workers initiatives, uh, just to mention the research group of uh, Bernhard Emunds. Uh, they are indeed working on new live-in care models. And their own thesis is, this is not possible without an employment model. Uh, in the, at the same time, when the brokering agencies in Germany wants to uh, implement the Austrian self-employment uh, model, they say uh, live-in care cannot be improved without an employment model and they are experimenting with a shift system so uh, it should be uh, uh, going away uh, go away from uh, the one-to-one -one personal care relation uh, into a shift system where uh, more than uh, one or two carer are responsible for the care recipients but in uh, the rota of a regular shift system and not in the rota of uh, two weeks or four weeks and uh, uh, 24-hour shifts. So uh, they are experimenting with uh, eight-hour shifts, with 10-hour shifts, and this goes in, into the direction to um, change uh, the core element of live-in uh, care, the live-in itself in favor of a live-out model which guarantees nevertheless that people can be cared uh, at home. But uh, this is not a discussion in Austria. In Austria, we have a very weak discussion at the moment. Few first initiatives on the local level that uh, there is a discussion, shall we uh, um, continue the one-to-one -one? A care arrangement? Or is it better to think about uh, one carer and two care recipients or uh, care uh, uh, residential care communities or something like this? And the interesting case is uh, this is an alternative uh, counter movement, like the caring communities, a movement of progressive people or of people who want to uh, go back to a more traditional idea of community. Uh, they have in common that uh, they are often uh, criticizing the neoliberal Austrian welfare state. But of course, uh, they... Uh, uh, are afraid that they are filling the gaps of the neoliberal, uh, the care gaps of the neoliberal uh, uh, welfare state by engaging uh, uh, in volunteer work and uh, something like this in, in that uh, instead of pet, pet and uh, professional work. And on the other uh, hand, uh, we have also brokering agencies in Austria thinking about residential care communities, but uh, they are thinking about the neoliberal 
self-employment model and uh, the idea what is not uh, um, permitted at the moment, not allowed by law at the moment, uh, with the idea whether it uh, would be a way to organize uh, the self-employment, to reorganize the self-employment models model uh, in form of a residential care community model. What means that uh, we don't have one carer in a household but more than one carers in a household, two or three, with a division of labor and uh, caring for more than one person. And uh, so uh, indeed we have movements and counter movements in the field and a lot of, of very um, uh, interesting examples and initiatives, but uh, you cannot say it goes in this or in that direction at the moment. Yeah, thank you. I, I guess um, it also clearly shows how the care disputes uh, are related to more general changes and development in labor relations, which is also the focus of your research. You know, the general push towards precarization and also the self-employment model is not only uh, being more and more prevalent not only in care sector but in other sectors as well well also for that reason i'm really glad that you accepted our invitation for this podcast at least you know we started or we uh, supported our central european exchange uh thank you very much and thank you very much and i'm really happy that uh, i already know that we will continue our exchange and that's uh, really great thank you very much for inviting me mm -hmm.